Wait, what, what, what one was that? Can't ask me these questions. I can't even remember names of things I'm watching right now. <laughs> I know you're wrong. I can't remember it, but... Yeah, exactly. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Duncan. Hey there. And John. Hi. Don't sound so excited. (laughs) (laughs) For the remainder of this podcast, we will not make any more jokes about John being on assignment and or dead. Uh, Is that what you've been doing? Because he showed up. Uh, I guess you don't listen to our podcast, so you don't know. Uh, No, not usually. I mean, it's, it's, it's either that or he's, he's studying abroad. Or if, since this, oh. this is an anime cast, it's... Oh, he's going to come back into second core and mm-hmm. he's like been in America. And he's like, hi. He's real beefy. Yeah. You've, you've been fighting underground in like the JoJo fighting rings or the Baki. I guess Jeff's not on here. We can't talk about Baki. Jeff will come on if we talk about Baki. <laughs> Don't summon him. <laughs> well, to, stay, to stave off the Jeff, uh, we are going to talk about the beginning of the summer... 2021 i almost said 2012 because yeah time is a flat circle uh, especially <laughs> after the past year and change but the 2021 summer anime season um i've watched some duncan's watched some we've both referred to the season as taking it easy uh john watch 23 john knows not the taking of easy right the rockley he's we're always wearing those rockley leg weights uh <laughs> Just in case he gets reborn in an isekai where he has to be able to, like, watch a lot of anime at once and have an opinion about all of it. That's the dream. Oh, that might be the hard part. <laughs> it's the dream. I died and woke up in a world where anime is currency. It's, <laughs> it's going to be here. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. I'd go there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but all the anime you liked would be worthless and, and, and the, the hard species That's would true. be stuff like Naruto. It's like... Right, right. It'd be a more, it'd be a more accepted currency. It would be like Naruto or... Or One Piece. Yeah. Andy would be king. That would be horrible. Let's not do that. Yeah, why'd you... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, John, what have you been watching? Give it to us in a, an unordered list. I sort of ordered Or maybe you, put, maybe you made an order this time. I don't know. I don't want to judge you. Sort of. I have three groups. <laughs> is one of the groups Isekai? That's the, last, that's the last group, yeah. The first group is just stuff I've already... I mean, stuff that is continuation. Uh, welcome to Demon School mm-hmm. Rumicon. Season 2 It's actually started last season and it's mm-hmm. continuing into this season. It's more of the same, but like at the end of the first season, he, they finally started like doing things instead of just introducing characters, and that's continued here. And it's funny and fun, and I like it. Um, yeah, the Ruma gets like, kidnapped by the devil. Or not the devil, but like a Isn't he the devil? Demon. Isn't he a part-timer? No, this is a different isekai. Oh, sorry. I can't oh, I guess Arumakun's technically an isekai because he gets taken I... to hell. <laughs> no. I gotta move that down to the other group. Hang on a second. Control okay. X, Control V. Beyond that, My Hero Academia, which is... Are you still watching My Hero Academia? I've <laughs> been making that sound for like two years about uh-huh. My Hero Academia. I know, and I don't know why... I... <laughs> I, you know, it's a habit. I just, I, I'm watching it because I watch it. Yeah, you know, that's fair. You know how it is. That's why you watch everything that you hate once you watch one episode. Um, okay. Is it good? Is it good? Is, is there like a new antagonist no, it's been really that makes fucking it exciting? Boring lately. <laughs> Sucks. 
<laughs> well, actually, the, the past few episodes have been great, but before that, that the whole arc before that was just boring. Oh, just God. like watching the second arc. Yeah, with a boring character who has like a really shallow emotional dilemma, and you're like, just go to therapy. There's like class A, right? Which is all the main characters, and there's class B, which is all these side characters, and they're always like mad at class A because class A gets to fight real villains. Whatever. Mm. During this previous arc that was boring, it started going into all the backstories of class B. And it's like, I don't care about oh God. any of you. <laughs> it Here's was... our season of side, side character backstories. Yeah. Strap in. It's literally that guy the who B-roll. always makes a joke about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good. It was boring. Um, yeah. Like, you know. Uh, okay. Next up yeah. on the list of things that I've watched before. Dragon Maid. You know, Duncan's big on this. Ben, ben, I'm mildly warm on Dragon Maid. Ben like thinks it's Dragon extra Man. horny. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is. It is pretty damn horny. I mean, it's, but it always has been. I, okay, I'm not going to go full <laughs> astronaut meme. Wait, Dragon Maid is horny. Always has been. I think it. It's. I think that what we're getting is kind of. I guess I'd call it like the Mushishi effect, where they front loaded all the all the the stories that are like easily adaptable from the manga, and now they are in the slightly more challenging material. So I firmly believe that horny and slightly less horny stories existed side by side in Dragon Maid in the manga, the four coma. And they just kind of skipped around. But I think that we have like the scene of the, where they're. Uh, where Saikawa and Kana are playing cards, and Kana thinks it's a punishment to have to rub her tummy, so Saikawa just keeps <laughs> just keeps losing so she can rub her tummy, and then Ilulu comes in and also starts losing. I guess we have to explain who Ilulu is. We'll do that in a second, and also starts losing. So like Saikawa can just like rub two girls' tummies, and she's just just blissing out and her with her like melty mouth way. I don't know. I like Dragon Big Maid. Big old heart eyes. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, I also like Dragon Maid. The uh, the trend the the difference between season one and season two in terms of plot is that there's a new dragon named Ilulu who is big titty goth girlfriend dragon I guess but like real big yeah very like very real, short real like five two and short, an, yeah, and an H cup her, her boobs so. are, her boobs are the size of the rest of her body I'd say they're the size of her head but she has one of those like oversized anime heads so same difference yeah. Um, but yeah, she used to love humans and was hurt really horribly by them. Um, and now she hates humans. And then in like the first couple of episodes after she after she magically gives Kobayashi a penis for like a two scene joke that does that goes nowhere. Um, she's now part of the crew and she like lives in Kobayashi's closet, um, which reminds me of which reminds me of Rika from uh, Bleach, which makes me more fond of it, at least. That that whole yeah. joke and slash plot line huh? it doesn't really even deserve plot, to yeah. be called plot line feels like the, uh, the the manga car calling out his audience who were like going oh if kobayashi was a man he, she wouldn't be able to resist tuvia and then like no that's not their relationship at all N- nothing would happen even if she did and there makes a couple of jokes about it right stop n- doing that nerds moving on I mean, having having a magic penis definitely makes it more obvious the parts of like skinship to borrow a Japanese phrase that are on the far end of the spectrum. But at the same time, it's just like this, it, like all the plot about like Toru trying to find a hobby and Kana's like, my hobby's walking along this line. And she's like, oh, cool. What <laughs> happens if you fall off the line? She's like, death, instant death. <laughs> I'm not even a big can of can a fan um i think that she's i can get her elsewhere in kyo 
She, I don't she always her, I don't sounds so like so so stupid. Like I don't remember her in the first season sounding like a child, but like a child's child. She's mentally a child. In yeah, the but show. the way she talks, like, she, it, she understands like ancient dragon things. But she is a child mentally. I think it's never been Duncan Wakenway and Duncan not, made, it's made not that so much for, as the way that she talks. Like it feels like it's even worse. She's supposed to be like a, a clever kid, but still a kid, very much so. And like the way they people are depicted in in Dragon Maid versus how they actually are as dragons is a, a weird subtopic on itself. Because you, got, I mean, they're they're just they're just like just regular people, but also unspeakably old. It's it's the old elf joke, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Ilulu, Ilulu who who has like quite a fun uh, and like introduction to being a human in that when she's like first told to like assume a human form so she can blend into society she can't get the hang of of her arms like when she's <laughs> first comes into the world she has these huge oh, dra- huge dragon claws and all, all that time it's just like oh okay this she also has like this image of, of what a dragon should be and an image of what a human should be when she's finally told okay right you've got to you've got to blend in now so what do human hands look like and the way she like thinks of a human hand is like these little round balls on the end of sticks which is just like a kid's drawing and like that in terms of like a pun which amazingly uh like gets across the way like someone who is not does not have like a a concrete self-image yet and gets across someone who can like be um in some ways an adult in other ways still very much growing up like that was perfect like like her her self image is literally not formed and and the, the, then it had the very very dumb pun of oh and uh, and then she picks things up with these these balls on sticks and and, and Toru's like how are you doing that and she goes oh there's thousands of little hands you get this Close, close of all these little hands. Yeah, that was body, body horror. It's like there's like rustling, like the flowers of <laughs> yeah. evil flowers. The... It was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I mean, they literally addressed that in the in the latest episode where uh, where what's her name, Luoka, uh, Lukoa? Car- yeah, Lukoa, who usually doesn't get to have any depth, is just like, oh, Ilulu's learning to be a child again, where she doesn't have to like worry about the morality of her actions um, because she's. It's a very cute scene where she explains to Saikawa, she's like, I can't hang out with you because I am I used to be a violent person. And Saikawa's like, oh, like a delinquent? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like that too. And she's like, no, you don't understand. Um, but no, that now, now that she can spend time around like the more normative presence of children, maybe she can start to, to heal her heart and have a more stable uh, self-image. And I think that honestly, the better parts of the second season of Dragon Maid are, are dealing with people's self-image. Because we had that whole bit about about Kobayashi wanting to be a maid and having that incredibly intense speech about how you you wear a maid uniform not around your body but around your heart. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you wear as long as you feel like a maid inside. It's good. It was, it was Georgie, <laughs> which I don't I don't remember her at all. So I she's yeah. uh, she's next door neighbor or something. No, no she's, no, she's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say crazily. She's the the sister of of the, of, of tiny lesbian Masha, which is like <laughs> really oh. I had no idea. Yeah, she's okay. like a, she's like her hobby is just like being a maid at home on her own. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, moving on. We'll see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to go somewhere. I think that bringing in more dragon politics means that we might actually get a plot, um, or at least we'll have more character arcs um, than just the one that defines season one. Mm. Dragon Maid is one of the few shows where I don't care about a plot. To be 
honest. I just like. And yet you said that you wish they'd hook up. So. <laughs> yeah, because it's annoying. Like. That welcome welcome of, to like, anime, Jackass. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. I'm saying anime is annoying. Like that's why romance fucking sucks. Um, and an anime. Nighthead Genesis is an anime called Nighthead Genesis. And yep. that's the name. <laughs> that's is, it, name. is it have yeah. vampire? Is it vampires or occult magic or um, other aliens? Psychics. Psychics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so in this world, like. The government is trying to stamp out all fiction and all reference to anything like psychics because, you know, it's bad. Fiction is bad. Only fact matters, etc. And, of course, it's their fact because they're the government. Um, and, you know, it's, they introduce uh, this, like, squad of psychic hunters. Although, at, at that point, they don't know they're psychic hunters. And at that point, they aren't yet psychic, but they will be psychic. And then they'll be psychics hunting psychics. Um yeah, that's yeah. it so far. Okay. It's all in, cool. It's all it's all CG, uh, but it actually looks really good. And I think a big part of it is because they use the CG to their advantage by adding a lot of detail. So they don't like you know in two D they have to draw all that detail every single frame. But here it's just part of the model, and the shading is a lot better than it has been in the past when I've watched CG things. I think CG is just getting better in general. A yeah, lot I mean um, they're making the investment. I think I think that. Yeah. The Berserk Studio, whichever one did that, was like, yeah, the more we do it, the more that we have the infrastructure to do it. So I think it's going to be a point where eventually every studio has a has a CG division that's experienced and willing to like not just make cheap, shitty looking stuff. Yeah, and in this case, like the the shock troopers, what do I call it? I don't remember. What I it doesn't matter. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. the The band of psychics who hunt psychics are they have these like these really detailed uniforms, like I said, like. They all have different like patterns or colors of camo on them, but it's <laughs> and like you know, it's just intricate patterns all over their bodies, and it's kind of like they are taking advantage of the CG in a way that anime often doesn't. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and it looks good. Is and, it? Is like, it's the story good though? I mean, it's psychics hunting psychics. It's okay. fun. So far, it's not deep. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm okay. not expecting a lot. It's called Nighthead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet All these Nexus. names. Yeah. Um, okay, next. Uh, the Duke of Death and His Maid. Am I the only one watching this? Jeff is also, but I... I, I Jeff was incredibly disappointed by it, so I don't think yeah. he'll continue to be watching it. I was going to watch it, and then he seemed so disappointed. I was like, um, maybe I won't bother. It's the only romance anime where they have an excuse to not touch each other say that but he said the art was really bad didn't he like high score girl i don't think he watched high score girl well i didn't watch high score girl because it was ugly but this art's good well you're um <laughs> you're a special case <laughs> no yes okay shut up anyway it's good it's cute uh the the maid what's the likes premise to... yeah <laughs> yeah so the duke of death is called He's not actually called the is Duke he literally of Death like the, show, the but, Duke uh, of Death? It's like his nickname. It's yeah. like a Game of Thrones thing. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that ever comes up. But basically, anything he touches dies. If it's living, oh, okay. it, it dies. So he's like so Midas, he's King Midas. Kind of, but yeah, yeah. But you know, death instead of <laughs> but gold. Death. So he's kind of shunned by his family, put off into this manner that was a vacation home before, and he only lives with uh, two people: a butler and a maid. Um, he and the maid clearly love each other, and they are pretty clear about it. If they don't, even if they sometimes like, you know, get wishy washy, but she's always like teasing him with her boobs. 
Okay, so it's an trying, anime. Yeah. Like getting up real close with the kisses. And the way that I said that makes it sound not good, but it's actually really cute. I like it. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't, there's not much more to it. I like it. It's cute. <laughs> um, what's next? Oh, here's one that's not cute. Uh, don't watch this one. Uh, Mother of the Goddesses dormit- Dormitory. Um, this is where there's like a boy who's homeless and runs into this woman who's like, hey, come live with me because I can see that you're homeless and blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up being... Uh, becomes the mother of the goddess's dormitory. So all these women living there, he's like 12 or something. They're all in college at least. And they're very sexual um, Okay. with him. <laughs> Don't watch it. Uh, next up, Agaki Shoujo. Oh boy. What do we know? Oh so what do you think? I it? like this one. <laughs> Duncan's... Welcome to the quiz game. Duncan's going to quiz you on the show you just brought up. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. Correct. That's the right so, answer, John. <laughs> I hate it now. Uh, uh, Shoujo is what, do, what is what do they call the type of theater? Takarazuka. Yeah, it's not an easy not an easy pronounced one. Takarazuka review. It's a review. Maybe a starlight review. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe it's just a subs then, but it's a K word. And they said we're gonna be you are a K something. Well, the I, academy okay, is whatever. called uh, Koka Kageki High School, so maybe that's uh, specifically referenced to someone who plays a part within it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a school where a bunch of girls go to become actors, but it's all girls. There are no boy actors, so it's like, you know, all girls, girls play boys. Koka? Yes. Oh, that's just a made-up word that's similar to the... To... Okay. <laughs> well, that's what they call it in the show. Well, yeah. I think um, they don't want to reference Takarazuka because then they'll get sued or something. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And one of them, or the main, the main girl. Well, there's two main girls. One of the main girls is was a former idol. She got fired for doing or for like saying something shitty to one of her fans because she has real problems with men. Uh, they freak her out. Yep. She uh, had she had a bad experience as a child. Um, and then the other one is this really tall girl who's super genki. Ginky Diss, um, just all the time. Ginky Diss. on. She's fun. I like her. And they, you know, they're trying to be actors. It's just a lot of, a lot of fun because it has those, that, that center too, which is obviously like a lot of the um, tropes around this kind of show is like the pairings and the, the set roles within these plays that people take on. And like the main thing, the first thing like we're told is that the incredibly tall old girl um Watanabe wants to take on the role of like one of the main female leads and and she's she's told in in the second episode like this is ridiculous it's you're like you're incredibly tall and your whoever played your male lead would have to be even taller than you because you'd be up, upstaging them as as the playing this um romantic uh, female lead you you can't do this because of your height and size but you also who are set out she's set out as this person with this like incredible stage presence and it's kind of interesting how they're they are very knowledgeable about the tropes and roles within this and yet they're picking people who aren't suited for them and seemingly pushing them towards them which is 
makes me I think at this stage of any show a lot lot of my feelings about it come from a the art which in this case is beautiful um mm-hmm. and perfect for it it's um it's a it's not truly old fashioned but it it John do you know what I mean when I say it's like quite um traditional st- style f- faces it's it's quite has a like a Sergio tint to yeah, it yeah yeah um and it's also very has a very delicate quality to its lines it's just a, a it has that that good mix of of like an art- artist who know how to pose people and like these very fine lines and expressive faces and the other thing is that how much scope does it have to do something interesting within its setting? And in this case, we seem to have people who don't quite fit what the expectations are. And so that gives it quite a, a wide scope to explore and explain those things to us, uh, which I think is, is good because sometimes with these shows, which are in love with something which is a speciality form, there's mm-hmm. a tendency to not explain that form to the viewer or to over-explain, to go for one of those two extremes. Either we're going to tell you every single detail technically and precisely, or we're going to tell you no details and we're just going to, you're going to be going, why is this happening? What's that big word you just mentioned? But this seems to be telling about this form through its characters and that that's a perfect... It, way of learning about a new form i don't understand to me through a person and their motivations and how that interacts with this um expectations put upon them and so i've got i'm really interested in learning more about the form and these characters within it yeah i'm it's that's probably why it's the one i'm most interested in so far this season just because it's got so much it might teach me within its it's run. So. I mean, anything that has like Takarazuka flavor, I think is an instant <laughs> Duncan hit. Even like Princess Tutu has a lot of, like, in addition to its Swan Lake idiom, has like Takara, it's like Takarazuka Swan Lake ballet. So, I mean, I, I'm always fascinated with things which examine a craft. Like that's, that's something which is good bait to, to lure me in. So it's, it's it's one of those shows which which meets that and and does it in a way which isn't dry and technical but warm and characterful. So, I like it because I like the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a good dynamic. They've got the cold the cold hearted uh, main character. They got mm-hmm. the ginky main character. They got uh, the hyper um, studious. Uh, Class president character. Yeah, there looks, um, like a, there looks like an Ojo Sama. There's a girl with twin pigtails. I like how they, yeah. they mixed some of, some of those. In, that the class president is also like the the fan girl. Like she's the reason she's like so studious is because she's like a, a high school reviewer of reviews. Like she's she's gone to every production, and written down notes on it, and so she's like the expert. But she's also a bit she's of a fan girl, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 within the uh, the the Oja Sam, the idiom. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's a nice nice trope of dignified and undignified within in the same character. You got the friendly, but clearly. Uh evil uh 
word I'm looking for. To uh, senior senpai senior senior. That's the word I wanted. Uh, the second yeah. year girl, blonde girl that's teaching. Uh, the main girl, yeah, some some of the. Girl. One day I'll know names. Uh, I won't. So though. I think the one you're talking about is Hijri. Hijri. She's yes. she's yeah. She has she's got a smirk to her. And yeah, she's a piece of shit, obviously. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, when the like the the fake smiler trope of uh yeah, yeah. yeah. She she like pretending to be nice to to the main blue-haired girl and clearly it is clearly pretending and you can tell because of that's anime. the way it is. Anime. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, yeah, I look forward I like to hearing the, more. I like the characters, I like the dynamics. I didn't I didn't watch Starlight Review no matter how many times you gushed about it, Duncan, um and I probably won't like watch this. But um, I always like to hear you really jam with an anime. <laughs> Even Probably if you had a much better start. <laughs> but that's because it was very bombastic. Out the yeah, gate, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, everything just has to be paced a certain way um, with, when you have 12 episodes. Otherwise, otherwise, it feels off. And I, I don't think there's much you can do about that, ultimately, as a as Also, a there was a giraffe that said, what, Cody Moss? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Sunny Boy hey. is the show kinda. where, yeah, uh, it's a show where a bunch of kids uh, get who are in class get transported to their entire school building gets transported to another like dimension, basically, uh, and they just kind of got to deal with it. Some of them get superpowers. There are rules to the world that they got to learn as they explore and interact with each other. Uh, turns out they can't die. Kind of a highbrow isekai is, is a weird way of, of putting it, but... Fuck, you're right, it's an isekai. It I mean, it's blatantly <laughs> Sorry, I gotta move it back now. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up, I'm sorry. Can we start over? I um, mean, everything is isekai is literally the name of one of our episodes, so... Yeah. Uh, Sunny Boy, I read a manga a long time ago called Drifting Classroom, and I mm-hmm. don't remember who it's by. It's a horror manga. Mm-hmm. I know it's not Junji Ito, but uh, it's somebody... Uh, but it's the same, it's the exact same setup, uh, just has a much less gross outcome so far. Kazuo uh, Umezu. Yes, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I recognize that now. Um, they even, refer- I think it's a, I think it's probably uh, intentional reference, they say drifting classroom, but it could also just be uh, the suburbs doing it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um do you like the art style, John? Because it's uh, done yes. by the same person right. who did, did Akka, which I remember you really enjoying the character designs from. Oh, yeah. Akka has great, great art. Uh, yeah, and this has great art. They don't look that similar. I mean, the, but... the people you note, they have like two blocks of people. You've got some who are very exaggerated and some who are fairly realistic. Like the people where you can tell uh, most are like the, the science nerd. Baseball and guy the baseball is nerd. fucking... The baseball nerd. No, he's not very. He, he's, yeah, he's like a he's like a cartoon character compared to everybody yeah. else. It's kind of ridiculous. And, and then yeah, there's the the nerd guy's pretty. Yeah, he stands. And too, the, right? uh, the the non class president with the little uh, star on his chin. The little star. Yeah, yeah the fucking. I I, I really enjoy uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Nozomi's uh, design. The sort of the lead girl because she's 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 kind of a uh, like. Halfway between like a, a traditional like uh, energetic Genki girl and and a more delinquent style character like she's she's got um, I think there's 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 kind of like this tr- 
this trope within anime, and I, I don't know what I'd call it. Maybe, maybe Ben can nail this down for me. Of like, not a manic pixie dream girl, but kind of like the the bad girl who it's it's, it's kind of like manic pixie bad girl. Um, these these this person who comes sounds, sounds like trouble to me. That's all I can see. <laughs> <laughs> who who like like she's I think like one one show this sort of reminded me of at, at points was um the aforementioned flowers of evil not in it not it, it doesn't seem there are points where i think rotoscoping is used within it um but it's not extensive um it's more there's something about the her relationship to to um uh the the lead male and the way she's kind of this mysterious transfer student no one really knows and like she's this this outside factor within the group and she's the troublemaker and she's the one who maybe has some sort of role in the incitement of this incident and the maybe will have a role in the resolution of it and yeah she she feels like the one that the whole thing's revolving around to me i don't know if john feels that that as well or no. <laughs> um, the second episode, I really like the first episode a lot. Uh, the second episode, they have moved on from the first alternate world into another alternate world where they're like on an island and the school building is sinking in the ocean just off the island. I think it was sinking. Is that what I said? Um, mm. And then <clears throat> everything starts get, catching on fire, like blue fire, and they, they want to blame this one girl and they figure out it's not her, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I am worried that it's going to turn into that where every episode is one character just sort of getting a focus as they mm-hmm. solve their relationship with the rest of the group because I don't want that. It's boring. Yeah, you don't want it to be sort of um, childhood trauma of the week almost. Right, yeah. Uh, and maybe, yeah. maybe it, we should just be glad it's, it's, it's not doesn't have a certain... Uh, a writer behind it because otherwise by the final episode they'd be all in the rain screaming it high it high that's the see that was a good show <laughs> I mean the, so what the, the, that was very much a childhood trauma of the week what do you what would you what makes that's what that show was sold as ah, from the start though so, so that, that, that you want this you want more of the mystery and and the weirdness and and the strange yeah, stuff I don't want to bait and switch into fucking psychotherapy of children okay it had some very good visuals in the first episode with its uh, almost uh, Escher Escher-esque um, oh, uh, yeah. folding of the school yeah yeah at one point yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we did that I don't and that, that was that was very visually striking and I hope there's more moments like that um, but maybe that was a one-off because of what as you say it might be an environment of the week or every couple of episodes we swap environment we don't know yet well, it is interesting because in the second episode, the whole island gets set on fire and all the trees run down. And then literally from one frame to the next, it all reappears yeah. uh, back to healed, I guess, for an island. So there's, an, I guess, a sort of implication there that they can't destroy the island. They got to figure out a different way to proceed. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Just hope it doesn't. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't do what I said I hope it doesn't do. Yeah, it's, got, it's got a lot of promise, though. Hopefully we'll see, how, see where Sunny Boy goes. I swear, like, even though I, I know I called out Drifting Classroom, but every time 
something happens in that show, I swear I've seen it before <laughs> exactly as it plays out, and it's really throwing me off. I mean, it might um, be kind of cool to have a strong deja vu experience with an anime that you haven't actually it's watched. So, weird. so if you have actually it's watched it, it's just what I've done several times in my life already. <laughs> but I, like, I made sure it was. It is an anime original thing, so there's no way I could have seen these exact scenes, and yet. I swear I've seen that nerd guy messing with cubes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you watched a PV yeah. by accident and then forgot. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, Sunny Boy is good, and I hope it continues to be good. Yeah, the detective is already dead. Took what was probably my favorite character design of the season and killed her off in a, day, in a single episode. I was surprised, yeah. I, I, I To test if something on my computer was working, I downloaded like a like a 4k upscale of that to see if how much I could make it crunch down. And I was like, Oh, Hey, wow. This character has a really cool, attractive design. I'm, and I know John's watching and we don't know what's happened to her. And then John's like, yeah, she's dead. Or she's already yeah. dead. I mean, <laughs> so I, I, I hate to criticize you. You, when you've just said you don't like ha- things which are missold to you, John, but I do feel like the title here is, is giving away the game. <laughs> like you, you were, so, you were uh, very much sold on the detective. I'm not being complaining dead. about her being dead. I'm complaining about the best character design being dead. They should have upgraded her to a different Cause, character. Cause it's and, a cool. Yeah. So yeah, if, if they'd called like, it the yeah. best character design is they, dead and then, then you would have been fine. I like the show. Um, <laughs> you like mysteries. Got one really, you got detectives. That's fake. I true. like mysteries. I like detectives. Um, I like weird, robot ears um so it's a fun show um how are those robot ears weird are they weirdly shaped are they it's a regular ear and then he activates it and it turns into a fucking tentacle <laughs> you can hear anything wow um okay that is a asked. weird that is a weird robot yeah you I asked cannot, i cannot disagree <laughs> with that statement uh what i don't like about it is that um the detective dies and then somehow her heart becomes available for the next main girl who is now the main main girl, I guess. Whatever. Uh, she needed a heart transplant, and she got one, and it was the detective's mm-hmm. heart. And now they're, 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 it's like this stupid memory transference thing that some, just sometimes pops up, and I guess it's mostly... I don't know if I see it outside of anime very often, but I probably do. Or just like this idea that a transplant brings memories with it, even though it's not like a brain. I think that only organ. tends to occur in horror in... Uh... West Western media. I, I I can think of a couple of examples, but they're both horror, so I, I can't really think of, of any examples where it's kind of like a just a, a plot contrivance for a mystery. Like you, you seem to be making it sound. Uh, spoilers uh, for anyone who cares and has not read the Cyrus at Sensei manga, but in the end, it turns out that Kafukafura is the. Uh, organs of her original self have been distributed among the girls in the classroom and so they are selectively possessed by her and that's why she's always there to to correct Sinosetsuba sensei uh about his about his negativity because she literally has been divided up among 28 people and is basically all of them now so that's the big reveal for the end of the Sinosetsuba sensei manga sorry if you if you ever plan to read all 300 chapters at some point (laughs) really good i um, i own the first 14 volumes that's still not even like half of the chapters so yeah um my one hope regarding that transplant thing is that because it already has the weird tentacle ears there's like this precedence for uh superpower robot shit um cyborg shit whatever 
maybe that's how, how it happened. I don't know. Mm. Um, the first case that, I guess the next case that uh, New Girl and Sidekick, he calls himself Sidekick, he refuses to call himself a detective. Oh, he's humble. He's, Good. Yeah. No, he's not humble. He's just like, I don't know the word. A dick. He doesn't want to be the detective. Oh, like, he's right. reluctant. Yeah, in a way. Let me keep guessing it's tropes, more, John. It, it's a confident reluctance. Like, he doesn't want to do it at all. Like, it's not like he is so he's lazy. He's he lazy, is what we're saying. Uh, it's not it either. John, let know, me know man. what trope they're tapping into. Give me a show it's like. <laughs> Who's he like? I don't know. Okay, fine. Let's move on. I was trying. I know. <laughs> we got some good material uh, out of it. Don't worry. <laughs> and then uh, last episode... They save an idol who was being uh, manipulated by this organization called Space and Space S P E S Space. Oh, uh, Space means hope in Latin. Okay, it's an acronym in this, and I don't know what the fuck it means. Um, but yeah, they're like that. That was the detective was basically like up against them, and that's what led to her death. And then Psychic's like, okay, I'm retiring, and then heart transplant the girl comes in and is like help me and he's like oh, i guess i'm gonna help you and then he's like okay i'm done being a detective now and then idol comes in and is like help me and then he's like oh, fine so it's almost it's almost kind of idol... cincinnatus-esque of like wanting to retire to your farm but you keep getting called to action kind of yeah i'm trying john i'm sorry <laughs> some of the way you describe it makes it it sound a bit like the way um uh, Bato and Togusa in Ghost, Ghost in the Shell when the Major goes missing, like where someone's been working their entire career under this one person and they're used to being uh, the senior partner and now they're just having to step into that even though they, they're they not really suited to that role in their head, even if they are practically now far more suited to that than anyone else they, they still think themselves unsuitable. i that's not it. <laughs> well, we tried. <laughs> I think how it, like he wants to make he want he currently is the detective because the girl that he's with cannot be because she's not at that level yet, and I think he wants to get her to that level so that he can stay being the sidekick. I I don't have the words because I'm an ignorant idiot. Um, it's good. I like it a lot. Uh, oh yeah, the idol had is a cyborg eye too, or something that they were trying to steal it. Spes. They used that to manipulate her to try to kill the detective and the sidekick. The new detective. Mm. It's, good. it's a good show. Cool. Why did they lose that character? Why couldn't the new girl have that character design? Yeah, the no, old that's, girl that's exactly the... what I was thinking. <sighs> because it's such a good, like, cool-ass gray dress with, like, this black stash. Yeah, and, like, she has, like, pale skin and white hair without, like, the typical albino dressing on it. She just has, yeah. like bright blue eyes and seems like a normal person but like really visually interesting it's too bad yeah maybe she'll come back maybe her heart will take maybe over she'll like, sl- yeah, slowly, like slowly slowly like transform her face <laughs> make it turn it into the horror things that, that duncan was referring to in terms of getting i mean the heart pumps blood to every part of the body so if the heart wants to change the heart will change oh, yeah. right <laughs> um no, no, no. I, I'm, no, no. I deserve, case... a, I deserve a, a, a present, a reward, if I, if that actually ends up being the, the, the twist later <laughs> on the show. <sighs> yeah, the case study of Vanitas. Now that's a horny show. They are all about. In, in, are, are you positioning that in opposition to Dragon Maid? Because 
Yeah, this is way more horny than Dragon Maid. Okay, well, um, that's not hard. It's just weird. Anyway, it's vampires. Go on. Well, yeah, it's vampires. But it's, but it's like, like, you know, it's horny vampires, which is you know, what vampires are most of the time, except for when they're not. There's very few celibate monsters. vampires, unless the not drinking blood is a metaphor for celibacy. That's true. Um, there are a few instances of actual blood drinking, and all of them like have this sort of... Well, one, the girl's just moaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like behind a closed door moaning as one guy sits outside the door and listens to it. That's cool. Um, and then the other one uh, lasts a really long time. And the dude's like, this feels so great and I hate I'm going to die, but I don't want it to stop. Uh, you know, vampires. Uh, I saw someone complaining about it being too horny because vampires aren't like that. It's like, oh, have you? Mm. Uh, it's really, I like it. It's really good. Um, it's... It's a very attractively designed one, isn't yeah, the it? Yeah, the story is like, you know, there's this guy who, uh, there was once a vampire who cursed other vampires. Now that vampire is dead, and this human became his successor and hates that vampire and wants to cure all the vampires that become cursed. That actually sums it up pretty well. Um, <laughs> and so now that we follow that guy and his new sidekick, Noe, who is a vampire. Uh, and as they explore the world of vampires and deal with vampires and vampires. I mean, the, the fun thing about uh, Vanitas and uh, Noah is that they kind of reverse the normal tropes in that it's kind of the wise, older human and the, the naive, you've easily impressed vampire. And, and that's kind of like a reversal on the the the, the normal tropes of the genre that the the vampire is like this older, wiser figure, and that's why they're the 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 romance uh, for for the human and, and uh, who they're like they're, it's it's a way of having a character who functionally looks the same age as someone but can be positioned as as older and wiser, and like in this case, no, he's he's a he's a complete dumbass and. and uh, He's an adorable dumbass, but he is a, a complete dumbass. He has a cat called Murr. Oh, that cat. <laughs> oh, it's Murr. That's good. Murr. Murr. And he, he does look like this kind of cat, which he is an extremely grumpy cat and, and looks like that's exactly the <laughs> noise he would make. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the design of um, the sort of steampunk... It's not. I don't know. Steampunk's not quite right. It's it's quasi steampunk. Um, it's vampire magic steampunk. Yeah. Diesel punk. It's a. Uh, it's Victoria punk. It's a uh, desert punk. <laughs> it's one of those. Punk punk. How dare you reference desert punk as a joke? <laughs> that is. It's a real anime. I was referencing anything. It's for a guy. Oh, that's right. It yeah, is. it's good. It's Tsunabozu. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's like Trigon if you want Vash to be more of an asshole. Yeah, that's all. Okay, I kind of <laughs> want that. The balkanization of the punks. Yeah, this entire set of sub sub genres. Punk is dead. We've covered that last episode. Let, yeah, uh, good. Moving on. At any rate, it's not a very punk uh, setting. So, you know, <laughs> so this was all just aesthetically, feeling. aesthetically maybe, but punk. I mean, in terms of like literary devices, no, it's not not really that. Um, I don't know what were we saying. We're going through your list, dude. <laughs> they're good. They're goofy. Yeah. And it's it's pretty be beautiful to watch. Yeah. Okay. The aquatope on the white slime. Uh, what? This one's really what? good. <laughs> I what? decided. Can't believe you kept that joke in. 
<laughs> oh dear. I'm not gonna undo it. Um, I'm not even gonna say the right title. You can say it if you want. I will. Uh, I will. It's 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 pretty. It's it's about aquariums and escaping to the country, and fishies and penguins. It's my dream. So a lot of people have been reviewing Aquatope on White Sand. Uh, if you ask what an Aquatope is, I could not tell you with a gun to my head. I think it's a made-up Japanese English word. Um, I looked it up once, and I think it is a real thing, but I don't know. Whatever. I looked it up um, a lot, and a lot of uh, Google was adamant that, like, don't you mean Aquatrope, which is a real thing? Um, but an Aquatope maybe might be a... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, this is PA Works. These are uh, sad girls at an aquarium in Okinawa. The aquarium has some magic. The magic is pretty nebulous and mostly involves just like making the fish look like they're swimming outside of their tanks at like emotionally charged moments. It may not even be real magic, real, real magic. I'm making scare quotes around that. Um, Makes me think of uh, in 3D Tama when yeah, dude yeah. Like, gets really freaked out and just like the water slowly rises. But this is happening. Like they literally talk about it afterwards. Like, did you see that happening? And she's like, oh yeah, that's what the, that's, that's what the aquarium does. That's why this aquarium is so special. Um, so it's not like yeah. a subjective experience. But, they, but they don't explicitly talk about it. It's sort of like in those well, we have twenty four like, episodes. The aquarium. John, so. <laughs> mm. I'm just. I mean, sure, right? Maybe it will happen. I'm just saying, like, this is, uh, yeah. Anyway, right, right now, it's very much a vibe Britain. thing because it's it's about two girls who are both have, experiencing like setbacks in their high school lives. One lives in Okinawa all her life. Uh, her grandparents own the aquarium. Um, she is rabidly devoted to it. And therefore crushed that it's probably going to get closed after the summer. Like it's not, it's not doing well. And the grandparents are tired of running it. Um, and she's basically acting director. And so she hired a depressed ex idol who got fired after, <laughs> after her, uh, she was going to go out for, for a, a center role. And then she heard that another girl, her grandmother was sick and that she wanted to perform as the center before her grandmother died. And so she stepped back and that made everyone in her entire idol group and all of her managers stop having faith in her. And it has a really nice touch when we first see her, when she's leaving the group and everyone's being really supportive about how like, this is the right decision and this is a good move for you. And she's just like, Oh yeah, thanks. And it felt very authentic. It reminded me a lot of how people told me I could quit grad school. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I know. Um, I'm not going to yet though. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, in terms of just, like, and she, like, basically, like, randomly takes a, a plane to, to Okinawa and then randomly gets dropped off by, like, a tour guide who picks her up yeah. at the aquarium. Um, That's a dream. Why can't I just do that? <laughs> I mean, you, you literally can't. I mean, I, right now there's a, a pandemic, so it's actually harder than, than maybe true. three years ago. But you could. Nothing can stop you. I mean, I, mean, I could do that, but would but, I find an aquarium yeah. that would hire me because I'm sad? <laughs> in this economy, probably. Probably. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it has but, to be a failing uh, aquarium, John. Then, yes, then, you're, failing then, aquarium. You're in, then you're in with a shot. Yeah. Then they're desperate. Yeah. But it's so what I like about this is it's incredibly slow paced. Incredible. Like basically nothing happens for the first two episodes besides just like putting the characters in the place to start having stuff. But it's very like rich emotionally. They're experiencing very fine bone sadness of different kinds. There's a clearly a large cast that's getting tapped in the other people at the aquarium. Um, the main girl who is the granddaughter of the aquarium, her friends, including the like bartender's daughter girl who is the best design and also like the one Genki girl in a, in a show of sad girls. And her mom is the fortune teller that uh, the idol met mm -hmm. when she first came to Okinawa. 
Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for it's slow, but it's two core. It's 24 episodes. So we have plenty of time. Um, I refer to this jokingly as Sakura Quest without humor, um, which makes it sound worse than Sakura Quest. But I think Sakura Quest Mm. is often like really not funny. (laughs) So if it's not trying to be funny, I think that's a better thing. But it does have like reviving a dying local business. Um, It also has a weird little gremlin child that uses fish heads. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of magic things that I guess are real, but may may turn yeah. out not to be. <laughs> which makes like a, the, the aquarium helps a, a pregnant woman deliver her baby in the last episode, which is pretty cool. I don't know. I like that scene. I kind of teared up when she's like experiencing the magical aquarium swirling around her, and then like the weird goblin like brings out this little boy, and the little boy comes up and whispers like, "I'm so happy to meet you soon, mom." And then she like wakes up and she's like been put in a comfortable place and she's like the crisis of her pregnancy is over. It's very, it's very sad girls at an aquarium. Sad girls at a magical aquarium. I like it. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's sad. I think sad is it. I think, well, I think they're trying really to, to start out with them at a place at like their lowest place yeah, of moral and not. like it re- mm. Look, if we yeah, can have sad I, girls I, in snow, I we can know. have sad girls in an aquarium. It's yeah. it's the same thing. It, I'm I mean, sad. It, it's just like it doesn't feel sad when I watch the it. The show's not sad. The girls are sad. It's though. a it's a healing anime, so they have to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's not healing. I'm not being healed. <laughs> it's very healing. John's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I wonder if the magic's going to get more explicit, or I wonder if they're going to expand the cast, or I wonder if they're going to like get in a fight because there's like these kind of like pseudo yakuza guys who come by to try to like lend the aquarium money so they can basically buy it um and she sprays him with a hose the ex-idol sprays him with a hose it's good i'm enjoying it it's just peaceful i turn it on nothing really happens in an entire episode but you get lots of like beautiful okinawa beaches during the summer it's good it's good stuff yep it's the dream other than watching anime in in another world currency <laughs> um speaking of other worlds and currencies and dreams oh, no. this is none of them the Idaten deity is no only peace uh i watched the first mm. episode yeah because i was just kind of interested and i was like hey this is really i like the colors i like what they're doing here i like that these that they're literally gods they aren't just starting out as some random kid on an island and then i want to go explore the world they're literally gods and sure, they might be weak because, as the title says, they know only peace. They're not as strong as someone in wartime might be. I, I don't know. I think it's fun. Like, they run around the world in, like, half an hour or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. The idea is that, that that laps around the world are like laps around the tra- the training, uh, the pitch for, for most people, for them. and the- Yeah, it's just, yeah, training. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the guy, uh, the main, main dude, uh, like calls this is the best joke in the anime calls the uh young looking calls his young looking master uh old woman and she kicks him in the face and then just beats the shit out of him and blood's <laughs> flying around on the screen it's really funny and also like you know she's beating the shit out of him but then he's fine because he's a god he just gets over it um yeah, and that, that later they use that to establish the fact that they can't die because she he, and they show examples of her beating up students to to death again and so yeah they can't <laughs> die and the first time they, they they experienced it was when their teacher beat them to death and <laughs> yeah the one girl gets punched and it like punctures her lung and, and the master is like oh she'll be fine in three days good that's who i want to train me <laughs> uh okay good 
So I like the show a lot. And then because of like the last 30 seconds mm. where yeah. it's like there's this nun playing, prank playing, praying in a church and then a bunch of soldiers come in and you think you know where this is going and you're correct. But then it gets weird because they present it like a dance, like it, and like there's like operatic music, it, and they're like twirling around and raping her. Yeah, um, it's kind of like uh, reminds me in terms of the visuals of um, 60s psychedelica as well. So yeah, it, it was, was very, much, very, very, well, I mean, very strange. Thirty seconds to finish. That also shows up in the OP. I think I think the OP is really good yeah. too for that. I mean, it's a very vibrant show. When they, yeah, when they go to the when they go to the like the Arctic or like the icy place. The color, the color palette completely shifts into a more cooler... Uh, yeah, I see place. Jeez. Color palette. Um, I like saying stupid things sometimes. Leave me alone. Um, so, like, yeah, so I like that. And then I like... You know, and then 30 seconds at the end of the yeah. show. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, very... Very, it's very rare within anime to use um, contrasting colors for um, shadows and highlights rather than just... Um, increasing brightness and dark, the luminescence and just making it darker or brighter. Whereas in this case, you had like purple shadows, which was very striking at times. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting visual style, but who, the, the fact that they're happy to just throw in a, a weird psychedelic rape scene out of nowhere at the end of it was just kind of, so I don't like this, but I wonder if they did that to make it more, off-putting i'm giving anime a lot of credit here but bear with me um normally like you know you see rape and you see like normally when you see rape um mm. in an in an anime like yeah, you just see like say. a woman dead eyes just kind of just kind of shaking on the ground because while well, they have her way with her off screen uh, but in this like it it shows it as a fun thing and that made me all the more disgusted than i would have been if it had just been like mm regular kind of rape scene yes yeah re regular emotionally manipulative um, sexual violence and i wonder if that's what they were going for i don't know um i also thought that she was just gonna be a one-off character to show that the enemy was the bad guy but she's in the op so sure she'll show up again uh, last time i remember there being any a big controversy was uh with gob goblin slayer around a, a rape scene and part of the reason that was particularly notorious because it was obviously sexualizing it and I'm not sure that's the case in this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you could argue this is sexual. Because yeah, it's, the images are way too abstract and weird for that to be true. But it's it's like yeah, it's not. Uh, I I just don't know what they were going going for it. And and I mean, it's literally portraying it as a dance for the yeah. soldiers, right? I don't know if they were going for this to trying to make it fit like a sense of dis disorientation or something, if that's what they were maybe going for, um, along right. with the psychedelic. I'm, I'm being generous. I'm being generous. And I want to say that that is what they were going for. I don't know if it yeah. is, though. We'll find out. Um, I'm going to keep watching it because I am a sucker for things that horrify me and find them interesting. Mm -hmm. um, in the second episode, which I did watch, ended up, it was more of... The same but like the same of the episode before that last 30 seconds um and then it introduces like the bad guys like like leaders they're all turns out they're all demons uh oh yeah the, okay so these gods spawn spawn in the world to fight demons but they spawn what's the word i actually want there incarnate yeah that'll work better than spawn 
No, they're it's because they're not. They're born. They're, they're, no, no, not born. No one gives birth to them. They they come into being in in as a reaction to humanity's prayers for help. Yeah, but the thing is, they don't respond to those prayers for help. They just fight demons but because there are no demons. You have all these gods just hanging out doing nothing. Uh, it's really kind of fucked up when you think about it, and that that plays into the nun lady who, in the second episode, at one point says. Are there no gods or something along those lines? I can't remember the exact words, but uh, I'm hoping that that will come together in a way that isn't shitty. Not expecting it to happen, but I'm hoping. Um, I mean, you've been you've been warned, so anything after that's a pleasant surprise. Like, kind of like one of the big um, philosophical arguments against the existence of a god is like, there's so much shit in this world. Like, if a god exists. Why aren't they doing something about that? Well, that's an argument against a benevolent god. I, be- I believe that's the beginning of the the, the berserk, uh, the original yeah. berserk anime's right, prologue. Yeah. Like, if there is a god, he doesn't care about humanity. And is, maybe is it's, obviously it's the proof here. So. Having a go at that, but who knows? Uh, I think that's being generous. Moving on. I don't. I don't think it's doing. That. Yeah, whatever. Moving on. Um, We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Come back and year. find out, uh, listeners, or not. <laughs> okay, so I'm, now, now I've been on. <laughs> so you, it's been longer. Now than I'm on year. my Isekai block, which, as we already pointed out, I mislabeled a few. Okay, ding, ding, uh, ding. mislabeled a few okay. earlier. Isekai lightning rounds. <laughs> Editor, cut it. Cut in a, like a, a lightning bolt and a wolf howling. Because <laughs> Iruma should have been here, and Sunny Boy should have been here. I'm going to say a case study of Vitas is fine. Um, <clears throat> say but what that again, is it there? Speeder Chron- it's the most generic one. It's... Don't... I'm not going to talk about it. This, that time I got reincarnated as Slime Season 2, Part 2. It is continuing <laughs> Season 2 of that time I got reincarnated as a Slime. And now they're doing a bunch of, like, politics talk. Mm. It's a lot of politics. It's so much politics, my God. It's making me, like, go to the Wikipedia page. Like, I don't... I realized that I mixed up like Yom, the claimant to that one kingdom and like the head of the adventuring group. Like there's just too many characters and so many of them are just like, oh, their main personality traits. They used to be mean, but now they're Rimuru's friend. Yom is the head of the adventuring group. No, he isn't. Are you thinking of the adventuring yes, group, is. which has the leader of the mage's faction's daughter in it? Yep. Yes. Yes. Though there are two separate adventuring mm. groups. Mm. This uh, says a lot. What? No, Yom, Yom is the leader. No, he's not. He's the he's the head of the a patrol that tried to invade the 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 Tempest Forest. This is my point exactly. <laughs> by the way, yep. I'm, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think very much guilt, yeah, guilty yeah, okay. is charged. For... Well, 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 well. John's looking that up. Anyway, the members were Caval, Aaron, and Guido. Yep. So yep. Yom Aaron. Yom has nothing to do with them. He just looks like yeah. one of them, and I just never. I was just yeah, like, oh, does. weird. I wonder why they think he has a claim to the throne, and it turns out he's a different character. I didn't didn't remember. <laughs> and and the, the thing is with Sly, they just tell me something. I'm just like, sure, okay. I don't know how politics work in that world. They seem to work on. <laughs> they, they seem to work because of arbitrary bullshit. So, so that's yeah, that's no, the rush I'm on. <laughs> uh, that yeah. Every, Every every episode, they're like, 
Okay, we agree. Okay, we yeah. agree. Okay, we agree. Okay, they, we they, agree. They have, they've had a two-episode <laughs> council, and it's like it's like the council of Elrod, except that everyone's like, "Yeah, we should take it to Mordor," and then it just keeps going for like thirty minutes. They're like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, yeah, let's take it to Mordor." It makes sense. Like something's got to happen next next episode, right? Like it's got to be. This is the tipping point, right? Something. I mean, there's got to be a fight because we have all the we have all the background with the, with the clown faction, and the. And and there's a vampire in charge of the church now. Like, I'm not even going to try to... I, I know I've been complaining that we need to do, like, brief synopses at the beginning. But, like, Rimuru is a demon lord. He killed 20,000 people. No one talks about it. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, there was... <laughs> the, the anime news network review was like, you can clearly see the weight of the 20,000 lives on him by, like, how he's changing his approach what? to... Like, he, he no longer believes that, that humans and monsters can coexist just by showing that monsters aren't harmful. He realizes he has to be proactive. I'm like, I don't... I think that that's just someone like literally accepting a reality. It's not someone who's been traumatized by literally yeah. personally murdering 20,000 people. This will be the last time I, I pedantically bring it up on this podcast, I hope. But yeah, he killed a lot of people. And everyone's just everyone just like calls it like his by demon himself. lord transformation. And it's like yeah. a, it's a really weird euphemism that now he's like in like sweatpants and a t-shirt and he's like oh gee i'm the like one of the characters has to be like you need to start acting more like the ruler of a country rimuru because like you are also you murdered twenty thousand people but he doesn't say that because no one talks about it because it's like fucking fight club <laughs> so i don't know i like that it's trying to start with the politics i wish the politics didn't involve clowns and a demon lord named Clayman, and apparently there's something called a true demon lord, which is who, what Clayman's trying to be now. And the Western Church, that's their adversary, that's like really racist against monsters, is being run by a vampire. And I don't know how common that knowledge is. Like some people acted surprised, and some people didn't. I don't know. Like you've watched, you've read the the manga, but this is past where you've read, right, John? No, 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 no. I stopped reading a long time ago. Anime is way past where I read. Um, I'll say. Yeah, it's dumb, but I like that vampire. Yeah, it's dumb, but I like that like, clown he, dude. It's like the it's like making fun of Clayman at the end. The vampire like literally just like shoots shoots misted blood out of his mouth, and it's like it like yeah. it like unmakes someone who who it touches. It's just like it's so dumb. He can just breathe, breathe breathe blood fire. I guess he can like take the blood inside his body and turn it into like vaporizing mist. Uh, it's so weird. They're, Clayman they're sucks to, though, and I can't wait to see him die. Yeah, well, because he was set up in the first season. Correct me if I'm wrong, because, like, this whole... The past two I episodes, thought he was the big bad. I thought he was yes. the big bad, too, but there is there is just a regular guy right. from 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 Rimuru's original world, from our world, who's actually the big bad. And he's a sociopath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course, yeah. because that's... All villains just have to be like, I don't actually have an ethos. I just want to, like, watch the world get destroyed. It's the ultimate villain, because you can't talk to them. You can't have Rimuru... Or Katarina, I'm doing this sit for down fun. And just be like, be like, why are you doing this? Why don't you like get a real hobby? Um, but yeah, I thought Clayman <laughs> was the big bad, but he's just tedious. He works with a bunch of clowns, which still creeps me out. Um, the I love the clowns. The clowns I love the one clown. The name, he's like the moderate clown troop. <laughs> there's there's factions of different Harlequins. They're Harlequins, and they have there's like the moderate Harlequin faction is the one that's chosen to work with with Demon Lord Clayman, and everyone's a Demon Lord now. The fairy's a Demon oh. Lord. Well, she was all, she I, was one to start with, but I thought she was. I thought we, she wasn't going to bring her. They were going to bring her back, but then they did because it's it's fucking slime. Oh, okay. So that was my that was my bad, honestly. Well, I li I, I liked her. So I like that. Uh, uh, even though they ruined Veldora horribly, I like her and Veldora hanging out. Nah, the door is. Veldora's just a bro now. He's just like a bro who doesn't wear a shirt. 
I, I, I wouldn't be surprised right. if he like he's like done with my manga now time for some sick gains and then he like goes and like is on a treadmill for for two hours yeah that'd be fucking awesome no it sucks I agree. it sucks we already have that. You wouldn't be complaining if it was like a if if it was like no, a, a I wanted, lady I wanted to be an awkward, into I, today. I wanted to be, be like, awkward, oh, that's so great. I want to be an awkward nerd who once he's out in the real world, he realizes he doesn't know how to do anything anymore, which he kind of is because he always reads manga and now all of his behavior is based on the manga that he read inside Rimuru. Um, but he's still yeah. like a super powerful bro, so it's not. I'm not getting enough enough of the comedy there. Anyway, we will obviously be talking a lot more about slime as as it moves on. Uh, I miss slime diaries already, so I miss the art style. A lot of slime diaries. I, I wish slime diaries was the main art was the art style yes, for absolutely. the whole show. Ratified. Let's, let's take it to take it to an <laughs> open vote. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So next on my isekai list, uh, my next life as a villainess. All routes lead to doom. X. Bakarina two. Bakarina two. More baka. Chobaka. Uh, I mean, I, I, I only watched the first episode so far, and it's like, it's more of what I expected. I know you guys have more feelings, even if they're not strong feelings. I mean... So that's all I have to say. As much, so I actually she's, think it... She, go ahead. Uh, she's still friends with everybody, and they're all like, I want to be, be in those pants. Yeah, or they all want to fuck her so bad. It's so weird. It's such a weird and, dynamic. And she's, like, and she's like, oh, you guys want to fuck each other? <laughs> that's what's happening? No. No, that's not what's happening. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the episode's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, as much as I love having an entire season of opportunity to watch Katarina hang out with her friends and give heartfelt speeches to enemies that change their mind about their evil ways, I feel like the second season lacks premise, presence. It's the same situations. It's love triangles, arranged marriages, misunderstandings, lampshading Otome games. People just randomly have dark magic, which is incredibly, incredibly dangerous and yet completely unregulated within the kingdom, um, which maybe is me bringing a bit too much slime to to villainous. But it really does feel like the show they, is just like treading water and like over dramatizing minor kerfluffles by having them get divided up by cliffhangers. I feel like she should be facing something new, but she's facing more people who will fall in love with her thus far. Yeah. But at the same time, it's funny to watch her like get kidnapped and just like hang out with her kidnapper to until they like respect her and then let her go. <laughs> like that's a that's a, a very weird arc. So I think I think both the good and the bad in this second season are both related to the same thing. Like the lack of a forward plot. Like the first season had its plot in its name like it's okay so you have these doom flags these bad endings these way these these stories end badly and that was her entire purpose avoiding these these bad ends as as the the villainess and so we had the tension and now in this thing all routes lead to doom well we haven't been told of any doom routes she's not aware more importantly she's not aware of any doom routes like part of what that's what the X means. The X is to say nope. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean you're or, right. Or maybe it could be three exclamation yeah. points, or <laughs> or a prime symbol, or a degrees symbol. Like who knows, John? It's anime. It, it hasn't. So what does magical girlfriend X mean then? Uh, or mysterious girlfriend X. Sorry. Girl- yes. Oh, it means that they're not that mysterious after all. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Got him. What does Hunter X hunt anyway? <laughs> Just that hunter cancels out. You don't. You don't pronounce. You don't pronounce. If it's a lowercase, I can't pronounce. It's pronounced it. hunter, hunter. It's pronounced hunter, hunter. Then we don't pronounce Sorry. the X here either, and therefore John's. 
<laughs> it's also, or you could say hunter cross hunter. It's the hunter and the hunter are getting romantic. Or hunter, hunter loves hunter. Yeah. Hunter loves hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Slash pick. Anyway, Duncan, finish your, finish your <laughs> observation. Uh, yeah, it's just like we don't have any routes leading to Doom, so where's the tension? And that's the, the part which means it f- feels a bit no no threat when and she gets kidnapped. You, you or immediately your expectation is just yeah, she's just gonna charm them and they'll want to romance her, and that's exactly what happens. Um, go on, John. I'm going to say in season one there was no tension either. She knew she was going to be fine. But it was going to be, you're going to get to and watch how. You're going to get to watch how. And here, like, we don't know what's yeah, coming. There's no... sure. no, I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying tension is not, I would not describe the first season sure, as yeah, No, absolutely. I do, I do think, I mean, I, I did like watching her get kidnapped and it's like the wife, the, the fiance of one of her fiance's like rivals for the throne. And then she wins her over and then we get the, the revelation. Oh, it's actually the evil butler who's controlling her and, and giving her this idea. And then she wins her <laughs> him over in the next episode. It's just like, he's like, I'm hard. I grew up on the streets. I'm a slave. You can't make me love you. And then she's like, oh, no, you sound really cool. And he's like, what? It's, it's yeah. It's, no, he's got blue eyes, Ben. Yes. He's got blue eyes like the sky. Yeah. And then- and his but, um, cold heart. But there keeps in the in in the like blurb for the show, they say that the big crisis is that she doesn't want to be queen because that'll just make her a target um, for the rest mm-hmm. of her life. So she so she's planning to join the magicians guild, which disqualifies you from the throne apparently. Um, but we're three episodes in, and we haven't seen that. So in the first episode, which I have watched, yeah. and I just watched. It's the only one I've watched. As I point out, um, they say that it doesn't prevent her from being the queen, but it will delay it, basically. Um, so, For season because three. it's the second most powerful <laughs> thing, the guild is the second most powerful entity in the world, or in the country, after the king. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep watching it, because, like, all the characters are funny, even if, like, yeah, just, there's not a I lot mean, of forward momentum they, now, there's not a lot of, there's not uh, a lot of, like, peril. I mean, the, the, I do, I did like the fact that they had... The punchline for the the most recent episode being uh, her her main love interest uh, Giordo f- finally just like kissing her uh, and like the what well, everyone screams because <laughs> because the whole <laughs> whole whole thing of the the show has been how oblivious she is to all of their attentions and how she doesn't think her marriage to Giordo is ever going to happen and so obviously. He, this is the inciting event which moves it forward. He decides, okay, right, this marriage is happening. Yeah, but Nichols the best. Just saying. Uh, oh. you, you you like the heartthrob of uh, the stoic heartthrob. Yeah. The the one that that's your OTP, is it? The one who's like re- who's like really who's like really quiet and like doesn't really have much yeah. of an inner life. He just seems like a kind of just like he doesn't know what emotions are. Yeah, he's got a, yeah. he's got a sister who's like trying to get them trying to get him to hook up with. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's a good he's, show. He's the best one. I'm excited to watch more. I just, um, I just expected a little bit more, more heat under it. Like the more times that things go wrong, the more chance we get to have her like head council meet up, and we have barely got to see them this season so far. They even disband in the first episode before like things. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Before, before things go wrong, was it like the the scared one, the like aggressive one, the old man, the smart one, and the happy one? So, it's all mm-hmm. of her personalities. Ah, okay. That's all of my list, unless we're going to talk about how we wish Jahi-sama was airing, but uh, we're not. I wish Jahi-sama was airing. I do too. I, I want a comedy. More. What have you got, John? Covered that do you one. Have any more? Yeah, I got Go five ahead. more. 
Um, here we go. I'm standing on a million lives, season two. So I watched the first season, obviously, because it's season two and I'm watching it. I talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Um, I think it's good. I, it's also kind of weird. The main character, um, and this I did talk about before, but I'm going to say it again. The main character um, has this sort of life philosophy that he's worthless. So he is going to do his best to make sure that other people who are worth living, who are worth saving, live. And so when people who he sees as worth more than him die, he gets upset and kind of like looking at everything as numbers instead of people, instead of with emotions. And I, I don't know. It's neat to watch that play out. See how he deals with it. Is the second That's season it. a natural step to from the first season, or did the first season have an ending and now there's a second? The first season, season the first season ended on something. I don't remember. It was not a. It was not an ending. Okay. Let's say that. So this is, okay. this so is yes, season, season two is necessary to continue. The story. Okay. That's all I was asking. Cool. It had it had a weird thing at the end of season one that I remember take, making note of, and now I don't know what it was because I guess it wasn't important after all. <laughs> How a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom. You like this um, one? This is I just, I do like this one. This is another East Kai. This is this is one where instead of uh, you know being super magic powered, he uh, he becomes the king of uh, the he he gets appointed to the king's um, council, and then the king's like, you know what, you're better at this than me. He just steps down and. Uh, <clears throat> makes makes uh this new guy king um and he spends all of his energy basically negotiating and trying to figure out how to make money and and uh save money and and make sure that they aren't going to be taken over or attacked or whatever and it's you know that's my jam i like it when things are about diplomacy and economics and that's pretty much all it is what was the other one that you really liked where like the demon queen and like a hero teamed up mo yeah mo yeah that one's more interesting uh, because they are already like basically gods. Like either one of them could wipe out an entire nation on their own. <clears throat> so and they 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 both decide to just not use their powers ever, and they're just gonna lead as people. And I that's a concept that I've always liked too. Like super 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 powered people who put that behind them and you know try right. to do something. Yeah, I mean it it, it provides um, a little more inner texture for the characters. As opposed to, I'm sure yeah, this guy's just yeah. diligent and wants to do the right thing in a very, like, protagonist way. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although he doesn't want to be king. He's like, I'm going to step down within three years. Uh, Speaking of Cincinnati. See that happen. <laughs> just going to reference, that's my uh, number one classical reference on this on this podcast, is Cincinnati. Save the nation and then go retire to your farm and drink yourself to death. So, <laughs> uh, Next up is Drugstore in Another World, The Slow Life of a Cheat Pharmacist. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, um, so I mean, I, I know of it. It's just because Saint was a medicine lady. Yeah. Uh, also, cheat is this show sucks. A lot. This is this is basically slime genocide part two, where it fucking sucks. Nothing happens. It's like tries to be cute and it just fails because it's so boring. Mm. Next up, the Dungeon of Black Company. Another East Kai. All these are. Uh, <laughs> this guy had like just achieved his dream of like basically being rich enough to not have to do anything. Um, and then he gets sucked into another world where he's a wage slave. <laughs> uh, but like even worse than it would be in our world. Like, cause yeah, you know, it's black company has to fight. Yeah. yeah. He has to fight. Mo- well, the company that he's in is not the black company. The company that he starts to undermine them is the black company. Mm. So, anyway. so he, so he gets put in a terrible position and his solution is to found a terrible, an even worse company. Is that, is that really the, the premise? Yes, I mean, so... Sorry. His, the thing that he gets, uh, 
the thing that he does that gets him a leg up is he starts befriending the monsters in the dungeon instead of trying to kill them. So first he's like, this dragon is like trying to eat him. He's like, wait, don't eat me. I can get you better food. And then, you know, he gives him some, gives her some sweets up on the surface and she's like, oh, this is better. Nice. And then she doesn't eat him. And she's every, every time she's hungry, she's like, I'm going to eat you. You'll give me something. <laughs> uh, that old gag. Yep. Um, amuses me. Um, then he, uh, he fights an entire ant colony. Or he, Wait, uh, <laughs> he, ta- he, take, he takes over an ant colony by, by talking to the one who is injured. Like, they leave him behind because he's injured. And he, like, convinces that one to start, like, a, uh, a strike. And then they go and he just takes it over. Is it, it, are, are, like, they, are they like jumbo and... ants, or is it literally just like an ant colony? Oh no! The, oh yeah, yeah. The, he, like he's riding them like a horse. Okay, I was I was thinking this is like fights an ant like a tiny colony. Yeah, no monster ants, monster ants. Okay, um, there's another one. But I don't know. Anyway, he uses these monsters that he's gathered to, you know, start mining those gems that make money mm-hmm. but doing it for himself instead of for the shitty company that he works for uh and in the last episode he uh like this lady who's like a hero on on the in the world for some reason and she works for this company uh she goes down there with him he's, he's she's like hey you need to fight this thing so i can see how it's done and then of course he doesn't fight it and then she ends up getting caught and now she's being blackmailed to help him and that's good stuff too that stuff uh yeah it's a boring explanation but it's a fun show mm. <clears throat> tsukimichi mm. moonlit fantasy um is this the one you watched talking did you actually watch it yeah okay, i enjoyed cool. it i also yeah. enjoyed it um this one is an isekai but the god the goddess that he meets before uh being put in the world hates him and i was like fuck you i'm gonna send you off to nowhere and you can but i'll give you one gift you can understand every language except for human language <laughs> Which is just good. This is just good. Um, and then he gets over there. But he had another god, like, give him another power. So, of course, he's not completely helpless. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's the... It turns out he's this... The unremarkable middle child of two heroes from that world who have come to our world. Uh, and so, so the oh, yeah, goddess yeah. was sort of expecting him to be the best of, of both their personalities and uh, characteristics. And he's just kind of like the, the, the middle child who's just average. And he's she's like... I think I think the re- the main reason she hated him too was because he doesn't look yeah. good. Like he's just kind of an average looking guy. <laughs> so she's just real petty and uh, shallow. So it's, it's another shallow, a shallow goddess. The, the new, yeah, the so new trope. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it kind of feels like yeah, kind of super, but it's not a. I don't think I would call it a parody. I think it's a comedy. The, that makes sense. It's borderline. I think it's not, it's not necessarily making fun. It's not necessarily making fun of of Isekai. It's taking that formula and playing with it. I don't know. I think there's a distinction to be made, but I can't say more beyond that because I'm not. It isn't terribly original, but I do enjoy the characters so far. I, I enjoy all free, all the all his his little recruits so far. I enjoy uh, Emma, the or it's just Miss Piggy, who, who's who's like just an incredibly kind Miss Piggy. Basically, like he he rescues this orc girl in the the first this episode and he's like oh no i I don't want to do this because this is this would be when the hero rescues the heroine and and it starts the romance route and he's but 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 she's an orc and i can't can't do that and he's like oh i'll do it anyway it wouldn't be so bad i'm I'm stuck out here anyway and she's she's kind of like just this very optimistic healer in in the party and her 
her her role is sort of like the the same role all the citizens of Tempest is playing slime, which is to be amazed by how powerful the allies he 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 recruits every other episode. <laughs> yeah. um, the first of which is uh, Tomoe. Oh yeah, the um, big old dragon who who reads his mind and watches sees like samurai movies and other cool nerd shit, and she's like, oh, I want to be a samurai, and so she becomes a samurai lady. Kind of sounds familiar. Well, obviously, she is very similar to Veldor in those things, but I think she's so far been a more interesting presence in the the world. Like, she's not just there lazing in the background. Mm-hmm. Although she does like to strike a pose and go, oh, 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 look how strong I am occasionally. Yeah, she plays an active role as opposed to Veldora right now, who does nothing. And what probably results in in that more active role was the, the second uh, companion he picks up, which is Mio, who is a giant evil spider monster? <laughs> um, yeah, and just becomes uh, a human. Just becomes a human. Uh, a very uh, delicate-looking human lady. Uh, the, the the whole um, um, sort of joke with her is that she's she has this incredibly strong regeneration ability, and so over the years is this giant spider has gone mad because it can't be killed and it just it keeps getting harmed and well the thing was that uh, she could never be full like she was always hungry that was the thing yeah when he beats her in a fight she's finally satisfied well she finds out she's a uh, she's a masochist and then she's like oh hit me again i i, I kind of just enjoy her <laughs> as now the ojo uh, character for for the show where she's just like oh, 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 oh. If, if you if you do yeah, that man. wrong i will destroy and devour you she's just like the aggressive carnivore lady which um i think is a, a japanese trope which has popped up a few times over the years it took to an 11 but because she has this um very blunt character to play off her, against her in uh they make a, a good pairing like one who's extreme urge to action and the other who is kind of reactive and and i, I like ha- kind of how dumb his gear is like have you got to the episode uh, the third episode john mm-hmm. like he's he's his gear is just like this this really bad looking domino mask and uh he looks like a, a really sort of old style hit or masked hero from like 20 years 20 30 years ago at least and i i kind of like how non-stylish or or impressive he looks he's just looks kind of goofy and i enjoy that in in, in his characterization mm-hmm. he's a goofy mm. guy it's a fun show i like it watch it or don't we have to say that for every show yeah we need to we mm-hmm. need to redo the whole show are we out of isekai now john oh yeah i'm done that was it no more isekai ever yeah, it's it's the it's the classic. It's it's Bye 2018 forever. all of a sudden. Yeah, it turns out the multiverse was not infinite. There was a, only a set number of multiverses, and we've covered it's them all ever. now. So ever, yeah. There we go. Yep. <laughs> we, we 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 ran out. The media is the the medium is bankrupt, and we will definitely not be seeing any more isekai after the ones that we've just discussed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break then, and when we'll come back, we'll talk briefly about. A show from back in the days when fantasy didn't have to be isekai, uh, Slayers. Um, and then we'll announce what we're doing next week, or next episode. Mm-hmm. 
And we're back. For the second half, as promised, we're going to be talking about Slayers. Slayers is a long-running fantasy anime from the 90s. I can't even think of the exact the exact year it starts. I'm going to guess 95? No, 89 was the light novels. Um, but 95 is the became... TV series, so th- 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 I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. I, 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 I preserved the, the ambiguity of what, what I was guessing for, obviously. Um, Slayers is a fantasy comedy series about a, at the time, at the beginning of the show, 15-year-old, like, mage named Lena Inverse, who is known for all the explosion spells. She's basically a proto-Megumi from, Megumin from, from uh, Konosuba, where she has this thing called Dragon Slave. Uh, and she also has something called Ragnablade, and all the, both of these things, they're, what they're good for is leveling an entire village. And anyway, she robs a bunch of bandits, um, steals a bunch of shit from them, and then is pursued by a series of increasingly weird villains, um, and aided by a team of increasingly weird uh, heroes uh, to try to stop <laughs> the rebirth of the demon king uh, <laughs> Shabranigdo, um, which they pronounce Shabradingo um, for some reason, which I think is better, honestly. Anyway, I watched this way back when, way, way, way back when, when I was like getting out of college um, because I was just watching everything fantasy. I watched Rune Soldier, Louie. I watched Record of Lodas War. Um, and then I watched this. And uh, it's mainly the, I mainly didn't like it because Lena's a very grating character. It's Megumi Hayashibara doing doing the voice, the voice of Rei uh, from from Evangelion, but instead she's playing like a shrill, bratty, um, ex-gifted kid sort of character. Um, But what I really like this time, as someone who's older and more jaded and who has played more dysfunctional tabletop RPG games, or at the very least has been conscious that that the tabletop RPG games I was playing were dysfunctional, um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like, it's someone. Sh- it's someone's shitty D and D party played entirely straight, um, except for like the typical stock '90s gag of like there's a fish man and he's just a little like a fish with legs and like rubbery arms. Um, but yeah, like Lena is a mass murderer. No one ever talks about it, which is slime basically. <laughs> Gowry, her swordsman, who's actually like the chosen one in some ways. It's complicated. Um, he's an idiot. He can't. He has no memory, and he has to have everything explained to him for the first time every time which is great if you need exposition from the dm i'm sorry i mean your party members and every season's plot is yeah we were just trying to get rich but then like a demon lord got reborn so we have to go kill them instead um and they beat the demon lord by shooting a big fireball at him um or something of the sort it's i think i'm just missing like old crappy anime off-model anime hand-drawn stuff um I'm missing off-putting anime that doesn't that is not off-putting because it's poorly misjudged a a plot beat like the sexual assault we mentioned in the first half with that one anime but it's just kind of like it's not telling a story to look cool or awesome it's just telling a story that like someone is really is really grounded in I don't know I'm really enjoying it I'm enjoying the 90s dance pop j-pop music um I think it's it's funny to make your main character. It's basically a play out of what we think of as interesting with Megumin. Like she's an incredibly powerful character, but she can like get tired from casting too many big spells. And she only knows the big spells. She knows a sleep spell for a while. 
there's a plot where she has her period and therefore she can't cast powerful spells because because ladies am i right um but uh she still like uses sleep spells creatively there's a whole episode where she gets like trapped underwater and she's having to like be creative about like how to get air i do like the japanese take on western fantasy and i think slayers even if it doesn't do the best which it does not it gives you a lot of it there are five seasons and six movies and three OVA series. So you'll be watching it for the next year if you get into it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say, which I'm now realizing having laid it all out. Uh, but uh, I complained an episode or two ago about how I'd started to watch it and fallen off immediately because I don't actually like Slayers that much. But I'm enjoying it now. It's good. It's a good end of the day thing. It's basically taking the place that Ursa Yatsura had for a while of just watching an episode before you go to bed. Did you ever finish that? I finished the first season technically. It's the first fifty-four episodes. Uh, there are two more. There are three more seasons to go through. So, um, someday maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's another pandemic. I'll have some free time. <laughs> That's something to hope for. <laughs> Anything's possible. I don't know. Like y'all have. Y'all probably have western fantasy anime that you're weirdly fond of just because of the game of telephone that it's playing with fantasy tropes. Like I know that we're all big Berserk fans, even though Berserk is also very like or dark and hardcore like it's also got like a weird funhouse mirrors hundred years war thing going on between the two kingdoms um and just like the idea of what how japan has decided to interpret like western ideals like chivalry um or like feudalism in that case and how many times it's literally just japanese ideas wearing western clothing versus a genuine attempt to understand like the idea of being the duke of something, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're a powerful lord under a king. It might mean that you're independent. It might mean that you are a breakaway faction. I don't know. This is maybe me sounding more and more like a medieval historian. Mm. Um, I always think it's very funny that well, when they fight uh, Shabardingo for the first time, um, they try to use magic on him. And they're like, oh, actually it doesn't work because all magic is actually like appealing to a god or a demon. And there's just like a lot of demons lying around who are just willing to give their power to like make to make earth more violent. So that's what magic is. But since Shabardingo is the king of demons, all all of their power is ultimately his power. So you can't be hurt with it. You can't use any dark magic because dark magic comes from demons and he's the king of demons. I don't know. I I like learning about magic systems. I like hearing my Megumi Hayashibara collect a paycheck. I don't know. Important question. How large are the shoulder pads? extremely large Excellent. uh we're talking we're talking we're talking deedlet i'm not quite deedlet not quite where the pads like go a full like three inches past your shoulders and then there's a cape hanging from them just <sighs> straight down but they are like she's a tiny little girl and occasionally they'll remind you because they just treat her like she's 20 something like every other character and every so often like one of the characters will be like oh gross i don't would i wouldn't want to kiss lena and i'm like wait why, why wouldn't you kiss lena oh she's 15 that's right i forgot because they never they never bring it up but yeah they have her in big shoulder pads and she's got big hair with like the headband that's like pushing all of her hair up to to make her look as big as possible maybe that's an intentional character design thing of her trying to dress more adult but yeah it's everyone's got big shoulder pad big shoulder pad um chest piece that's just like strapped onto your chest with a belt and then a big fat belt and then maybe a couple of like thigh pads and that's everyone's armor no one like is wearing full plate mail or anything um yeah Lots of jewels, too. Everyone's wearing, like, tons of jewels. It's that kind of sci-fi. Sorry, that kind of fantasy. And it does actually become sci-fi. There is there is a sci-fi spinoff. Um, I forget what it's called. I think Lost Universe. Because it, it, it has the classic thing of it's a sci-fi... It's a fantasy world that takes place in a sci-fi universe. 
um, where magic is real and gods are real, but they're also kind of sci-fi. Anyway, I hear it's bad. I've never watched it. <laughs> so, all right. Okay. Uh, let's wrap that up. Remember, rate and feed subscribe to us uh, on podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Email us questions, keyframespodcast at gmail.com. We now have a cool feature where if you search Keyframes Podcast on Google, it'll bring up just episodes of our podcast that you can play right there. Like they're embedded in through uh, the Google Podcast app. So we're moving up in the world. Uh, there's also a very cool anime-themed Google Doogle Google. Go- go- Google, 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 fuck, Google McDougal, uh, Google Doodle on the front page right now, uh, made by Studio Four Degrees C uh, for the Olympics, um, and it becomes an RPG uh, that actually people say is pretty good, and you can watch fully animated anime cutscenes there. So yeah, uh, Google loves anime. Official, official, proven. Um, not going into space. This one, just going into anime. And uh, tune in next week. We will be talking talking about uh relationships in anime good bad weird what what uh what defines a toxic versus a non-toxic relationship in an anime work uh and you can email us questions about us at keyframespodcast at gmail.com and of course tell a friend we don't have andy any friend any friend i'm being generous any friend even an old friend no old friends no old friends can't trust them. I mean, I mean, if if you think they would like anime and they don't mind how much we swear, um, and you know they don't mind us saying in defense of and then talking about a mediocre anime that actually probably doesn't deserve defending, uh, please have them listen to it. But in the meantime, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Did everyone fall asleep at the end of this podcast? Yes. Hey, goodbye. See you next fortnight. Fortnite dance. Yes. Oh, God.